hello and welcome, welcome back to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here, and I don't even think I have to say it anymore. The jibber-jabber's at the end. So we're jumping right into this week's story, which is called The Other Side. It's a story about Kroniki. She wasn't impressed with her life. <laughs> there was too much about it that wasn't right. She didn't like her family. <laughs> her friends were no friends at all. The weather was never right. Her work wasn't interesting enough. Even her home wasn't to her liking. <laughs> so, I've had enough of this life, she would say every day. Things must be better on the other side. <laughs> but getting to the other side wasn't easy. In this land, it wasn't a doorway or a path. It was a negotiation with an old oracle who Kroniki despised. Why else would the old hag say no over and over? All I want is to be free of this life and this place. Every day, Kroniki stormed to the cave that the old oracle guarded and demanded to be let through. But every day, the old oracle insisted on asking Kroniki why she wanted to move on. No matter what answer Kroniki gave, the oracle always said, That's not the right answer. After years of trying to get past the oracle, Kroniki decided to look for another way. The caves, you see, were immense. There had to be another path in. So instead of going to the oracle, Kroniki packed supplies for the day and she started to scour the mountains. She found caverns and crevices and canyons, but none of them led to the oracle's cave. Day after day, Kroniki searched. To help her keep track of the paths she had taken, she picked up pebbles and shells, wild flowers and seeds, and she labelled them all so she knew where and when she had found them. This stone came from the north path that led to Eagle Canyon. This feather came from the east path that led to Jackrabbit Caves. This shell came from Dragon Lakes in the south. And so Kroniki explored and searched every inch of the place she lived. And the more she explored, the greater her collection became. It didn't take long before the people in the village noticed what she was doing and started to look forward to the things that Kroniki carried off the mountain. The stones and the gems, the shells and the feathers were plucked from places that none of them had ever been able to reach. Every night when Kroniki got home to her cottage, more and more people gathered to find out where she had been and what she had seen. Now at first, <laughs> this annoyed her no end. She didn't have the time. She had a collection to catalogue. But when people joined in and helped her label and box what she had gathered, it seemed natural to tell a story about each one. This feather, said Kroniki, came from the Mintoya bird, long thought extinct. But there's a great flock in the canyons to the east. 
They nest in a place where fruit trees grow all year. Kuniki <laughs> refused to admit it, but she soon began to look forward to heading home at night. In fact, a good part of her day began to be spent not looking for ways into the oracle's cave, but searching for seeds and stones that she could tell a story about. So it was that when the day came when some of the village asked to join her on the mountain, she said, Yes. The sun was bright on that particular day. The rains from the night before had filled the rivers and had washed the dust from the air. Kroniki set off with a small band of happy kids all searching for treasures on their mountain. Despite her company, Kroniki didn't change her plans for the day. She took the north path, then she turned east and finally south. It was a new path, one that she hadn't explored yet, and to the delight of the kids who followed her, it wasn't long before they saw glints of gold and shiny things in the river that flowed beneath them. Before Kroniki could shout any word of warning, one of the children leapt off the path and dived into the river. The rains the night before had been strong. The river was wide. The current was deep and invisible. It took less than a moment for the child to be pulled under. Kroniki didn't hesitate. She didn't so much as take a breath. She dived in after the child. The current pulled her down. It threw her against the rocks and the roots. It ripped breath from her lungs. It cut open her flesh. But still, she swam until she caught a glimpse of the child ahead. Lunging out, she grabbed the boy's ankle and locked her fingers so she wouldn't let go. And in this way, the river took them both. They had no choice but to hold their breaths and close their eyes and hope the current would spit them out on a shore somewhere. But Kroniki felt the child struggle in her arms. His lungs weren't as strong as hers. She had one breath left. The child, she was sure, had none. Holding tight, to her breath, Kroniki kicked and pulled, grabbed a root and hauled herself and the child out of the water and onto that small, familiar beach where the oracle lived. The oracle looked down at the boy and Kroniki and asked the same question she always asked. Why are you here? For a moment, Kroniki was silent until she answered, I am ready. I have walked every path. I have gathered what I have found on the way and I have left it to those who will come after me. I have given my last breath for good. And the oracle smiled. <laughs> that is the right answer, she said. Kroniki looked down at the child still and lifeless. And again, she didn't hesitate. She didn't pause. She leaned over the boy and gave her very last breath to him. 
Much to Kuniki's surprise, she was neither happy nor sad that the oracle was letting her into the cave. Into what, she thought. Nothingness or blissful emptiness, valleys that go on forever or damnation. What is on the other side? The oracle smiled and put three boxes in front of Kuniki. Choose one, she said. The first box held a stone. The next box held a seed. The third box held a feather plucked from the great Montoya bird. Kriniki smiled, and without knowing why, she chose the feather. One minute, Kriniki had no air in her lungs, but the next, her lungs and her eyes, her ears and her heart were filled with it. <laughs> air flowed and roared around her like a hurricane that she alone could command. Above her, she saw sky. Below her, she saw clouds. And far beneath those clouds, she saw the earth, her mountain, her village, her people. She flew in circles above them as they celebrated her life and thanked her for her sacrifice and mourned her death. She perched in the trees as they sang songs and told stories. And she listened as they discussed the coming winter and what they could do to make sure the village was fed and safe through those cold months. With joy spilling out of her heart, Kroniki spread her great wings, flew deep into the hidden canyons, plucked seeds from the orchards that grew there, and dropped them in the ground around the village. Back and forth she flew until every inch of fertile soil was planted. Protected by the mountains, those seeds sprouted and grew and blossomed and erupted in fruit that fed the people of that village and the whole valley through every season. The oracle watched as the valley prospered under Kroniki's protection and care. And on a bright day, she stood from her fire and disappeared deep into the caves, never to be seen again. Her last words for anyone who was close enough to hear were these. My work here is done. Hey, beautiful human being. Thank you for your company today. <laughs> All right, drop around to www.tinaconstant.com for any other wild shenanigans and um, live your fullest and best life. Have your great adventures. <laughs> and I'll see you next time for anything weird and wonderful out of Waffle Free. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Have a good one. Bye-bye now.